Hi, family. I am back. This is No Rest Part 2. So if you have seen, haven't heard No Rest Part 1, just go back to that one first, then come back here, okay? Um, let's just bow our heads and get into prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come boldly, yet humbly to your throne of grace, Lord, asking for wisdom, asking for understanding, asking for knowledge, Lord. I'm asking you to pour into me so I can pour out to your children, Lord. I pray that they have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit is speaking, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I bind up any evildoer, any enemy, any liar, any any lying tongue that will come up against this word. I bind them up and I cast them down in the name of Jesus. And I I plead the blood of Jesus over this word, over this person listening, and over myself, Father. And that's in Jesus' mighty name that I pray, Lord. Amen. Okay, family. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 13. Starting at verse 6. Starting at verse 6. After a while, they traveled from town to town across the entire island until they finally reached Paphias, where they met a Jewish sorcerer. Now, let's look at the definition of sorcery. Um, hold on. The use of magic, especially black magic. A false prophet named Bar-Jesus had attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent man. The governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him, for he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the sorcerer, as his name means in Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he looked the sorcerer in the eye. Then he said, you son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud, an enemy of all that is good. Will you ever stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Instantly, the mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. When the governor saw what happened, he became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. Family, the enemy's servants have a mission to keep us from believing in the truth. Okay? They will use all sorts of deceit. 
to keep you away from the truth, to keep you away from what's good. Okay? Let's go to the book of, let's go to Deuteronomy first. Deuteronomy chapter 18, starting at verse 9. When you enter the land of the Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nation living there. For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. When they're talking about never sacrifice your sons or daughter, as a burnt offering, the example is abortion, okay? That is a device from the enemy. It says in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 21, you shall not give any of your children to, to offer them to Molech and so profane the name of God. I am the Lord. There is no condemnation here. There is no judgment here. If that, if you have done that before, repent, receive forgiveness, and plead the blood. But this is also for that woman on here that's looking for this answer. That is not of God. In the biblical times, like back BC biblical, but even current day, they would sacrifice children to Molech. If you go to Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 20 to 21, it says, And you took your sons and your daughters, whom you had bore to me, and these you sacrificed to them to be devoured. Were your whorings? So small a matter that you slaughter my children and delivered them up as an offering by fire to them. That is detestable to God. He will not lead you into that direction. Let's go. Lord, where do you want me to go now? Let's go to Leviticus 19. Okay, first, okay, let's go back to Deuteronomy 18, back to verse um, 10. Um, just because the Lord said he wants me to finish reading it, and then he wants us definitely to go to Leviticus 19. For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering, and do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens, or engage in witchcraft, or cast spells, or function as mediums, or psychics, or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who, who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the God, the Lord your God. The nations you are about to displace consult sorcerers, and fortune tellers, 
but the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. Now let's go to Leviticus chapter 19. The Lord also said to Moses, give the following instruction to the entire community of Israel. You must be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father, and you must always observe my Sabbath days of rest. I am the Lord your God. Do not put your trust in idols or make metal images of gods, lowercase g gods, for yourself. I am the Lord your God. Um, family, keep reading this verse. Just keep reading this verse. There's certain things the Lord wants me to pull out. And it's also things that he wants to minister to you with just you and him. Now, I know people are like, but I thought the Holy Spirit is here not to, um, so we don't have to follow the laws of Moses, and that is true, but a lot of people have hard hearts, a lot of people have closed ears, a lot of people have eyes that can't see, and when you read what the Lord is stating, it's, um, confirmation to you because the Lord speaks but you might not listen the Lord will show you but you might not see it and as those as you ignore the convictions of the Holy Spirit it makes your heart more hard you get you understand what I'm saying like um so yes you can't keep up with um the law of Moses like you're a sinner but the reason why Jesus died is so you could have life so you can repent to him, so you can go to him and have him examine your heart, for him to lead you through every path of your life. That's why Jesus died for you. And it's important to understand your convictions and repent from your convictions. Okay, family? But we want to go to verse... If a man has sex with a slave girl whose whose freedom has never been okay, I'm reading the wrong verse. <laughs> so sorry, family. Um not that verse. Hold on. Hold on, family.
Let's go to chapter 18. And let's go to verse 22. It says, Do not practice homosexuality. Having sex with another man as with a woman is a detestable sin. A man must not defile himself by having sex with an animal, and a woman must not offer herself to a male animal to have intercourse with it. This is a perverse act. And if you keep going on and on, okay? But let's really focus right now on homosexuality because we have the knowledge between good and evil. We're going to go back to Genesis 1 because the Lord told me to take you back to the garden. So, let's not chapter 1. I'm so sorry, family. I know, he's, he, okay, he's saying, he, okay. We're just going to be just a, a few verses. So let's go to verse 3. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and he saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness and called the day light and the darkness night. And the evening passed, and the morning came, Mark, in the first day. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of heaven. God called this space sky. And the evening passed and the morning came, marking the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together in one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the water seas. And God saw that this is good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruits. The seeds produced plants and the trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening passed and the morning came, marking the third day. And as you are reading, as God is creating, he's saying, and that was good. And he's seen that that was good. And then if you go to um, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the seas, the birds in the sky the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Bring over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Okay, so then let's go to um, Genesis chapter 2, and let's go to verse 
Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see that what he will call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals, but still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now that the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. When God was creating, he said that was good. When we go to chapter 3 in Genesis, we're going to see how they gained the knowledge of good and evil. At the end of chapter 2, they said that they were both naked and they felt no shame. They were sinless. There was no shame to be felt. Um, so we're going to go to Genesis 3. Let's just read how the devil being the snake that he is. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are allowed to eat. God says you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Okay? The knowledge of good and evil. God told Adam in chapter 2 he would sure to die if he bit, if he ate it. He did not say, because how Eve said, um, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. He just told Adam, if you eat it, you are sure to die. We talked about this in previous episodes. Spiritual death. Okay? So, the woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful and its fruits looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some of her to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. When they committed the sin, they felt shame You understand, family? When you will go against what God's saying, 
It's shame. It's a whole bunch of different spirits that consume you because deep down inside, you know it's wrong because you know you have the knowledge of good and evil. Now, remember how I said the enemy is not a creator. So he'll take what God said is good and pervert it. And that's what makes it evil. The enemy used what God said and turned it around for his evil. He enticed them to make them feel like, you know, you won't die. God just doesn't want you to be like him. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's how he was presenting it. God just knows you're going to be like him, knowing good and evil. But it's so much deeper to what God says that our mind can't even go there. You get me, family? If he said he made a man good and if he made female good, it's good. We have the knowledge of that. We clearly can see that when he told them, you know, to be fruitful and multiply, it was able, they they have what they need to be able to multiply. If you look back, it says that its fruits look delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Let's go to James chapter one. Verse 5. And that says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. We tend because none of our sins is greater than or lesser than the next sin. It's, it's a sin. You get what I'm saying? And... We tr- when we sin, we try to go against what God said is good. We try to make our own way to what God said is good, but we want to do it our way. And you see how Eve, she, she, was, she, was, she was convinced. She was like, I want the wisdom that it will give me. But right here, it says to ask our generous God. He will give it to you. If you are unsure of something, go to God. He knows what you need. Let's go to Proverbs 3. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Now let's go to Proverbs 4. And this is the Lord and he's speaking to you. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to his children. 
My children, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment, for I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions, for I too was once my father's son, tenderly loved as my mother's only child. My father taught me, take my words to heart, follow my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And never and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you if you prize your wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. My child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you turn, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them for they are the key to life. Don't do as the wicked do and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving for the evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day. They can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble. They eat the food of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which which shines even brighter until the full of light. But the way to the wicked is total darkness. They have no idea that they are what they are stumbling over. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole, whole bodies. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Family. Just seek the Lord. We are not living in the days. Any day you should have said. But these days are different than days of our past. And we need to repent. We need the Lord to examine our hearts. We need to understand what the world has groomed to make it seem like it's okay, it's evil in God's eyes. It's detestable to him. It's going to be no rest for the wicked. If you know somebody who needs deliverance, begin with them repenting for their sin. Ask the Lord to minister to you what to say and believe he will do it. Ask him to come into your heart. I want to tell y'all about a dream that I had. Um, obviously, the Lord, he's, he's leading me to tell you about the dream that I had. And in the dream, it was a woman in a hospital bed. 
And like I, I was like standing in the dream. It felt like I was standing in the room, but also nobody really could see me. Like I was just standing there. And I heard a nurse give the woman in the bed instructions not to kiss this man. Okay. And the man, when he, he, somehow he came in the room and he ended up kissing the woman in the bed and she had got really sick, but let's go over. So then somehow we ended up in a car. So we're in a car and it was her, myself and her mother. And, um, I remember asking her because she just looked so sick and pale. And I remember saying, what happened? What what did you do? And all she could get out was, you know, the nurse told me not to kiss him, but I did it anyway. And and um, poison entered my body. Like, I got poison in my body. And I remember just being like, okay, we got to pray. So myself, her, and her mother, she's laying in the back seat, but myself and her mother we began to pray over her. And as we're praying, I'm like, are you feeling better? Are you feeling better? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel better. I feel better. And, um, that was like the end of that dream. Like after that, which that was it. So in the dream, I'm going to give you a scripture, but also in the dream, I want you to understand that the nurse represented the Holy Spirit. It was somebody who was taking care of her. It was somebody that was trying to restore her body. Do you get what I'm saying? She knew that, she could foretell that the the man's kiss was poison. And, um, you know, the woman, she ignored it and and, and she eventually got sicker. And um, I just, I believe that the part where I was praying in the car with her. I just believe that there's power in prayer. There's power when you can touch and agree with someone. Because there's three of us in the, in the car. And the Lord's word says, where two or three gather, he is in the mix. And I believe that he was showing the power that's in prayer. But I want to go to Proverbs chapter 7 to, to expound more on the dream. No, 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 no. First, we're going to go to chapter five. I'm so sorry. Proverbs chapter five. Ma'am, y'all already used to this. Um, Avoid immoral women. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will show discernment and your lips will express what you learn. For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey. And her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as poison. As dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. And her step leads straight to the grave. For she cares nothing about the path of life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. So now, my son, listen to me. Never stray away from what I'm about to say. Say, Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor and you will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. 
You will say how I hated discipline. If only I had not ignored all the warnings. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? I have come to the brick of utter ruin, and now I must face public disgrace? Drink water from your own well. Share your love with only your wife. Why spill the water of your springs in the streets, having sex with just anyone? You should reserve it for yourself. Never share it with strangers. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing to you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful dove. Let her breast satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. Why be captivated by my son, by an immoral woman, or follow the breast of a promiscuous woman. For the Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every path he takes. An evil man is held captive by his own sin. They are ropes that catch catch and hold him. He will die for the lack of self-control, and he will be lost because of his great foolishness. Now, remember I told you in my dream that the nurse said was like, don't kiss him. And I'm not going to lie, the gentleman in my dream, he, he, he was a nice-looking man. He was. Um, and it was just like, when I when the Lord brought this, this verse to my, um, this, this scripture to my attention, it just brings me back to how the Satan, Satan will disguise himself as the angel of light. And how it's so important to seek the Lord in all your ways and not to lean on to your own understandings. Because we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. And um, it's just, like it says at the bottom, an evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his great foolishness. You do not want somebody to die in their sins and be dead in their sins. And it's just not a good thing. And these coming things are about to happen. If you, I know I just said this, but it's important. If you know somebody that needs to get out of any kind of sin, don't condemn them, but but begin to try to talk to them about Jesus. You know? Because no sin is greater. A fornicator is not is not a less sin than homosexuality. An adulterer is not no better than a thief. Um and 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 they're all the same thing as being a murderer. But, but you know, allow the, allow the Lord to minister to even you or, your, or whoever that we have the knowledge between good and evil. And we can choose to pick evil if, if that's the portion you want. But why not live in the goodness of God? You know? God is good. We say it all the time. God is good. Don't condemn them. But begin to under, begin to allow the Lord, ask him for the wisdom to give you the words to help that person. 
if, if you need me, I am at withinherbeauty at gmail.com because I would never condemn anyone because I listen, listen, listen. So condemnate judgment, that's not that's not the portion I would ever give anyone. Because throughout everything I did to the Lord, he never once like made me feel horrible. He never made me feel like, ooh, I ain't gonna cry. He never made me feel like I wasn't worthy. You know? He never let me feel like I was too far going. He never made me feel like that. And that's how I want to be with my brothers and sisters. Because he still loves you, you know? He still loves you. And he just wants you to turn away. He wants to build his kingdom. Family, I think that this is the end of this podcast. Unless, Lord, do you have anything you want me to say? He wants me to let y'all know more of his goodness. I remember one day, I just started going over in my mind different things I'd done, and I broke down, I started crying, I got on my knees and I just started crying, because with myself, I didn't feel worthy, I didn't feel like the Lord was going to come and get me, I didn't feel like I deserved his love, sis bro. I heard him say to me, you have to forgive yourself. Do you understand how merciful that is? He said, you got to forgive yourself. At that moment, it broke me. Now, this is just tears of goodness. I understood how gentle and humble and merciful he was at heart at that moment. Because the hardest thing to do is to forgive yourself. Because you feel like you're too far. And you're not. He's right there. Because if I didn't forgive myself, how could I receive his forgiveness? So that's what I think we need to do, Sam. Well, listen. (laughs) My sins under the blood. I ain't looking back. (laughs) You heard what happened a lot twice. But I want you to forgive yourself. A lot of healing to begin. 
God is so good, okay? He is so good. Mm-mm-mm. Every day, he allows things to happen to try to bring you closer to him. Because, you know, his power works best in your weakness. And I just want to just, fam, thank you, Lord, okay? Love on him. Receive him. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. Lord, I just plead the blood of Jesus over this, Father. I pray healing happens. I pray that there will be an outpouring of souls to you, Father. I pray that they feel love. I just, I plead the blood of Jesus over them, Lord. And that's in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. Fam, go love your Lord. Go just tell him you love him. In Jesus' name. And I love you. And most importantly, Jesus loves you. Bye.